0: Chris Wendelkin and this is On The Line, my NBA podcast where I talk to friends of mine living around the country about all things hoops. We do some drafts, some deep dives, some news and notes from around the league. Thanks for tuning in. If you're new to the show, you can tweet at me at ontheline underscore pod. Email me any of your questions, thoughts, ideas, onthelinepod at gmail.com. Check out previous episodes on the website, onlinepodcast.com Hop into a deep dive. Check out a draft. It's all up there. Last, if you could please rate, review, subscribe to the show at Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get podcasts. I greatly appreciate it. All right, thanks for tuning in. On the show today, we have Amir Blumenfeld. Amir is a big Laker fan living out in Los Angeles. We're going to do some... Some NBA trade talk. The NBA trade deadline is right around the corner, Thursday, February 7th. On Thursday at 3 p.m., right around the corner. So AB and I are going to talk a little hoops trading. Uh, These are some fun, outside-the-box, outlandish kind of trades. So I hope you enjoy it. Without further ado, here is my conversation with the one, the only, Amir Blumenfeld. All right, Amir Blumenfeld is on the line. Um, it's been a few months since we talked with you, Ab. Amir, what what's new? You've taken a uh, you've taken a liking to daily fantasy basketball on FanDuel, I guess. Since since we last talked, yeah, that's the biggest change in my
1: basketball <laughs> life, but regular life.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm all in. How did that come about exactly? Remind me. Uh,
1: a friend of mine uh, actually told me about that he's in a private league, and I always thought FanDuel was like public leagues and people losing to bots and yeah multiple,
0: like,
1: like grifters taking advantage of noobs right so I, I was afraid to do it so i thought you know why don't i grab all my friends who haven't played before yeah at least we're all starting on an even even playing field
0: yeah and try to take uh, their money yeah
1: so we've been doing some private um leagues and i realized that you don't have to do it every day you can do it like hop in hop out whenever you want so that's been fun
0: yeah, it's uh, I I am in the same boat as you. I was always under the assumption you like joined a pool of like thousands of people, you played for right. like a dollar and you were trying to win a million bucks. It was like I'm pretty isn't that just the lottery? Like it's not it just sounded like the lottery. Yeah. But, but this is
1: much more fun. It's like six friends top three wins. Yeah,
0: so. yeah. So what's the breakdown? It's like to play a game in our in our little private league, it's like it's five bucks a pop to play. Yeah. Winner yeah, takes home like fifteen there. bucks or something, right?
1: Yeah, it's pretty low stakes fantasy, but you get a new team every day. So, like, if you're in a year-long league and you have LeBron James and you're just, like, getting pummeled every week because, you know, you wish you could do something about it, this is a fun alternative
0: for that. We are talking NBA trade deadline today, Amir. Um yeah. It's rapidly approaching, so the, the trade... So they moved
1: it before the that's All-Star right. game.
0: That's right, that's right. So this year, the deadline is Thursday, February 7th at 3pm. Um, two weeks, in two weeks. Yeah, by the time this pod drops, we'll be something like T-minus 10 days, or even, like, a week away by the time this Podca- podcast comes out, so yeah, like you mentioned, that the timing of the trade deadline is new this year. They moved it up. Uh, it's always been the Thursday after the All Star Game. Famously, we remember Boogie Cousins getting dealt to the Pelicans just as the All Star Game was wrapping up a couple years ago in New Orleans. Yeah, and uh, so this this year, the deadline will now be ten days before the All Star Game, and uh, I guess the idea is to avoid, like, disrupting rosters and practices, um, you know, uh, after a long break. So I think the idea is, like, if you're, if you're trading for someone like Boogie Cousins, you know, this way he has a chance to, like, get his family settled in his new home and players and coaches can kind of acclimate to the new situation and whatever else.
1: Yeah, it's also less of a cloud over All-Star weekend That's where, right. like, remember the Carmelo thing where it's, just like, everybody was asking, where are you going to go? Where That's are you right. going to go? He's yeah. like, I don't know, man. I'm playing on, like, the... W- eastern conference all-stars right now i don't know can
0: we talk about that yeah
1: oh that's when kobe famously like shut down the interview mid-game which is pretty fun
0: oh that's fun that's fun all right well a couple uh, i thought it'd be fun to maybe just jog our memory here a little bit with a couple of notable uh trade deadlines from the last few years is there anything that jumps to your mind when you think about the trade deadline the last few years you mentioned carmelo getting dealt um, yeah, yeah, that, that was a big that one. was a big one in 2011. So Carmelo went from the Denver Nuggets to the Knicks. It was Mello, Chauncey Billups, and a couple other players, role players, Corey Brewer, maybe. And the Nuggets got Gallinari, Wilson, Chandler, Ray Felton, Timothy Mozgov, a bunch of first round picks. Um, anything else jump to your mind when you think about the trade deadline in the last few years?
1: Last two years, the boogie one was not quite trade deadline. That's but right, very yeah. close. Yeah.
0: You know, last year we had Blake. Blake, you know, that was probably, I think, two or three weeks before the deadline when he went from the from the Clippers to the Pistons. But that really shook things up. Um, Wait,
1: that was during the year? I thought that was before the season.
0: No, that was during the season, yeah. Don't you remember, wow. he signed his contract extension with the Clippers. <laughs> that, you know, That's it was like, right. yeah, he signed an extension in, like, July. <laughs> and then by January, he was in fucking Detroit. <laughs> Oh, oh, man. Good stuff, good stuff. <laughs> yeah. The boogie The boogie move was a big one. That was Boogie Cousins for Buddy Heald, Tyreek Evans, Langston Galloway, and a first-round pick. Um, yeah, yeah, and that
1: turned out great for them. Like yeah. Buddy Heald is a yeah. great starter for them now.
0: Yeah, yeah. And then uh, the other big one I, I, I came up with, with was uh, Rasheed Wallace. Do you remember when the Atlanta Hawks flipped him to the Detroit Pistons? And, of course, that was the year they – made the run to the NBA Finals and beat your Lakers. Um, and that was like Rasheed Wallace for, what was it, Chris Mills and <laughs> some other like role players, Lindsey Hunter, Chucky Atkins. Yeah,
1: sometimes you get the best of a trade and sometimes you don't.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I think maybe the, maybe the biggest acquisition at the deadline was probably with your Lakers adding Powell in uh, February of 2008. Yeah, bag. I remember that
1: was that was out of nowhere.
0: Right, um, we weren't like
1: necessarily looking for a number two. And then I remember like a coworker texting me. He's like, "We got Pal." I'm like, "What? Pal Gasol? He was available."
0: Insane. I can't. I still cannot fathom how like he was on the block, and of course, of all places, he's going to the Los Angeles Lakers. But that was Pal Gasol in a second that round was, pick for yeah. Kwame Brown, Yep, uh, Marcus All, Javarris. Yep. Cr- uh, Crinton and uh, yep. Aaron McKee, and a couple first round picks. right?
1: People were like, the Lakers just fleeced them. How is David Stern not vetoing this trade? Right. Well, Marcus is still on the Grizzlies. He won a Defensive Player of the Year award and multiple All Stars. So it yeah. wasn't quite the fleecing everyone made it
0: out to be. Exactly. 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 All right. So with regard to this year's trade deadline, you know, some of the buzzworthy names we've been hearing about, you know, are. The, the Dennis Smith juniors of the world and the Jr. Smiths of the world. Your, your Rolos are being talked about your Jabari Parkers, of course, where is Carmelo going to wind up like that? That, that's not going to cut it for me. So on this podcast, Amir, I want to, I want to conjure up some, uh, some trades and we're going big game hunting here. Um, I want to see, you know, what, what we can, uh, who we can move, how we can mix things up a little bit. So, okay. um, Let's play a little game of, uh, yeah, yeah, let's make a deal. Um, I'm curious about your process here. So how did you go about um, crafting some of these trades? Was it sort of like looking at teams first and trying to find a player, or did did you look at individual players and figure out where they could fit around the league? Uh,
1: A little bit of both. My first couple were like who's on the block and where where would they want to go Yeah. where would – where would they be best served? And then of those places who can send something back? Like if, yeah. okay, the, the, the Grizz want to get rid of Mike Conley. right? So who would they prefer to get back? They exactly. said they want young players, expiring players, right.
0: assets, right, right, yeah. right. All right. This is exciting. Let's dive in. Uh, you want to take the first, uh, trade? You want to pitch yeah. me a trade? Okay. Here okay. we go.
1: Great right off the bat, since we're talking about it, uh, Grizzlies, you know, the, the line between tanking and going forward is very thin in the yes. NBA. Yes. Uh, Grizzlies started off hot. Now they're like eight games under 500. And they're like, all right, time to sell off everything. They are um, looking for young players. They're looking for players to replace Mike Conley. And they're looking for extended contracts. Yep. So this is where I'm sending Mike Conley okay. to the Milwaukee Bucks.
0: Ooh, baby. Uh, oh, baby. Color me interested. That's exciting, right? Yeah.
1: Mignanas? So, Giannis gets his All Star point guard, love it. Um, which isn't to say Eric Bledsoe isn't playing very well, but he's you know on an expiring contract and might want more money than he deserves. Sure. So the Grizzlies are getting Bledsoe, Great. which is a fine replacement for now. His deal expires, so they're getting off Mike Conley's Great. mega three-year, thirty million dollars left. They're getting Dante Divincenzo, oh. who's not getting a lot of run from Milwaukee, but a young player on a super um, efficient deal at four more years for two million dollars. Uh, and then a solid player uh, in George Hill, who I guess, according to the trade machine, cannot be traded until February sixth or something because he signed with the Bucks or got traded to the Bucks, and he has to wait for two months for that to happen. So February sixth time, yeah,
0: all good. So we can trade wait till the sixth. Yeah,
1: the trade failed today, but it. it you can still sneak it in under the deadline. Yeah. George Hill, Eric Bledsoe, DeVincenzo. Maybe a pick for Mike Conley.
0: I do it. Go ahead. It's fine with me. Uh, I love it. I love the idea of Mike Conley pairing with Giannis, uh, putting him next to Middleton. They're going to run and gun. He gets the veteran presence playing the point guard. Uh, I'm into it. I'm into it. Um, And
1: Milwaukee's a team who's not going to get an all-star just because not a lot of... Like Kevin Durant level talent wants to live in Milwaukee for the next couple of years of their lives. Yeah. Um, so they're they're a team that have to draft well, uh, sign well, and trade them for not necessarily a superstar, but uh, all star caliber, though not all star player in Mike Conley.
0: Great. Well, let me cue one up for you here. So um, I'm going to start you off. Well, I should say in terms of my process here, I kind of looked at this a few ways. One one which was like. Who are the teams I'd like to improve? You know what I mean. So I like like looked at the standings and I was like, who is one super interesting player away from making a yeah, run? Who's the things? missing piece? Yeah, like who's looking for like a second banana? Who's looking for a third banana? Who who needs like a, an alpha? Or who needs any banana? Who needs a banana at all? Or who is looking to like just slash and burn? get out of the game and then I started playing around with uh, salaries who's got like a big salary who's like a talented player but like isn't really doesn't really make sense for the team they're on but is still a good player so I'm gonna start us off I'm gonna start us off with a three-teamer so um, this is between the Pistons the Hornets and the Dallas Mavericks so Pistons Hornets Mavericks. Mavericks okay Going to the Dallas Mavericks is Blake Griffin.
1: Wow. Going Him and DJ back together. Yeah.
0: Going to the Charlotte Hornets. <laughs> going to the Charlotte Hornets. Um, I spoke too soon. Going to the Charlotte Hornets is DeAndre Jordan.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: And going to the Pistons is Bismack Biombo, Dwight Powell, Malik Monk, and Charlotte's first round pick in 2019. Okay. Right. Let's let's process this here. Okay, so why does why does Dallas do it, right? So my thinking here is that Luka Doncic is the future, right? But he's also yep. he's also the present. So we need to ramp up our effort to get Luka into the playoffs, and that means surrounding him with more talent. So let's put, win let's, win put now. let's put Blake at the five. He'll be our small ball he'll be our small ball five. Now, Amir, let me ask you something. Statistically, What do you think Blake Griffin is is putting up these days?
1: Uh, 25 and 11.
0: 26, eight rebounds, and five. That's five assists.
1: Is that his best statistical yes, season
0: ever? Yes, yes. He's 29 years old. He's still a young man. He's healthy. He's played in 45 games this year for this for the Pistons. He's having the best year of his career. We treat this guy like he's a corpse. Now, I, I get it. He was like a he was a punching bag in L.A. You know, the Lob City thing never really panned out but the guy can still get it done, right? Blake Griffin is averaging career highs in points per game, made threes per game, true shooting percentage. And he's also pushing the pace more than ever, right? He's distributing the ball. Frankly, he's like a, he's like a bigger, older version of Luca. I mean, he's not quite as athletic, but you know, he does some of the same things as Lucas. So I want to pair these two great playmakers together and then we'll have some fun. So that's my angle with, with the maps. Um, for the Pistons, look, these guys—they're in salary cap hell, right? Um, they need to reboot. They need to reboot that thing. They need to go young. Drummond is locked in on a massive contract, and while we love Blake. You know, he's on a different timeline than that whole Detroit team, you know, and they should really be tearing it down. So this starts that whole <laughs> They just built it up. I know. I know. Um, the Pistons need to start finding young foundational talent. And the way they do that is by acquiring draft picks, by clearing out salary cap space, by tanking. So they get Malik Monk. He's a nice piece, right? They're going to have to swallow Bismack Biombo's bad contract. He has two years, $34 million left. They're going to have to swallow that. Um, but look, they're shedding Blake Griffin's massive four-year $141 million that he has left. So I think for Detroit, it's a win. And then from Charlotte's perspective, the Hornets want to keep Kemba in free agency, right? And... That seems, you know, that seems what they want to do. So they got to start enticing him and they got to start winning games. And the Hornets have kind of toiled the last few years. And the most obvious roster upgrade that I can see is putting, giving him like a great lob partner. So um, that's certainly what DeAndre Jordan is. So, uh, you know, DeAndre is a free agent at the end of the season. So if it goes well, maybe they resign him. Maybe they bring Kemba back. And if not, they just let him walk. And if nothing else, he's an upgrade over what they currently have at center, which I think is Cody Zeller. And uh, <laughs> yeah, and Bismarck. So um that's my first one. It's a three teamer. Blake to the Mavs, DeAndre to the Hornets, and the Pistons getting a poo-poo platter of uh cap relief, Bismack, Dwight Powell, Malik Monk, and a first round pick. Uh
1: I like it for every team except for Uh, Detroit, who just traded their version of a poo-poo platter for Blake Griffin.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Basically, it's Detroit's uh, penance. You know what I mean? They're saying, we messed up. We took on this really bad contract. Now we'll take what we can get for them. They're just looking for a salary cap relief. Got it. Um, All right, you're on the clock. What do you like? All All right. right, Throw me a trade.
1: I shipped Conley as an option. Yeah. Now I'm going to give the... Um, the Grizzlies, something for Marc Gasol. Okay, Marc Gasol is a little more uh, on the downhill of his career, but yeah. his salary isn't as prohibitive yeah. as Conley's. Uh, Conley's. Gasol's got two years left. Yeah, at twenty-four million per. Yeah, um, Conley had three at thirty. I'm trying to find a team that would take uh, Chandler Parsons, Hope. so the Grizzlies can get rid of that. But that guy's like. Do another 24 million for another two years. Good
0: as well. luck. But Good luck.
1: Yeah, he hasn't played in roughly a year. Just so like I don't know.
0: Frankenstein. Yeah.
1: So here's my fun Marcus Gasol trade. Okay. We're sending him to San Antonio. Doesn't that feel right? It
0: feels so right. It feels so right.
1: It feels right. And then who are they getting back? The Grizzlies, the reunion tour, Pow, and Rudy Gay. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: Pow Gasol back to Memphis from whence he came. Yeah. His his swan song, his farewell tour. He gets to do it. Um, the Spurs are saving, or sorry, the Grizzlies um, are getting a guy who's only getting owed $17 million for two years, so they're saving money. And then they're getting the rest of Rudy Gay for this year, uh, which is an expiring contract. Yep. So the Grizzlies save Cap Room. The Grizzlies get Pow. It's a feel good story. They get Rudy Gay, and Pow and Mark are traded for one another. Probably on the 10-year anniversary of when they were first traded.
0: What did I say? It was in uh, February 2008 that he was traded to the Lakers for his brother. That's right.
1: Yeah. So 11 years. Um, Wow. Hollinger, who's trolling me with his analysis, says it's (laughs) negatively affecting both teams. I quite frankly don't agree with him. I don't know how adding Marc Gasol and getting rid of (laughs) Powell and Rubier hurt the Spurs. Um, But here we are. Uh, Grizzlies are getting uh, salary cap relief and the Spurs get Marc Gasol.
0: Um, Alright, I'm gonna pick up I'm gonna pick up where you left off Because I actually also have A very similar trade to this So I'll, I'll fire it at you right now okay. um, I'm gonna go ahead I'm gonna, I'm gonna trade Conley and Marcus Saul To the Spurs um, For Pow Patty Mills Rudy Gay Marco Bellinelli Derek White And Quincy Pondexter
1: Jesus.
0: Yeah. So that's your classic uh, six for two trade. Uh, Never happened. Happens, in anime, all, that ever happened. happens all the time in the NBA. Happens all the yeah, time. I don't uh, think so. Yeah. So um, why do the Grizzlies do it? Obviously, like we talked about, just cap relief. I mean, it's time to hit reboot on the franchise. These guys have run their course. The Grizzlies currently have the sixth, wor- the sixth worst record in the league. And, uh, yeah, I mean, they just had an incredible January swoon. So imagine how bad they can be without Mark, oh, Mike Conley and Marcus. All Marc I mean, they could be just awful. I mean, full tank mode. Um, so it's time, yeah, time for fresh new blood in Memphis. And, you know, how do you expedite that rebuild? Um, you, you gut the team, you sell off the vets, and you go all in for ping pong balls. In terms of the Spurs, I mean where else are we really trading these guys you you mentioned Conley to to Milwaukee I like that but um i they just feel like spurs don't conley and gasol just feel like spurs you know yeah
1: they're solid smart international players or at least in mark gasol
0: i mean they're kg old vets and like who is more like crazy for kg old vets than the og kg vet himself coach greg popovich right and yeah. it kind of already feels like they, the Spurs and the Grizzlies, like are the same team, anyways. Like they're both sort of under the radar, kind of forgotten franchises. And uh, you know, I think the team, frankly, would be really nasty for a year. I mean, imagine a starting lineup of Conley, DeRozan, uh, Davis, Bertans, or or let's say they sign a veteran off the scrap heap to play small forward. They have Lamarcus Aldridge at the four and Marcus Saul at the five. I mean, I like that. Yeah. They're all like guys in their thirties, but they, 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 could be pretty, they could be pretty fun, uh, for a yeah. year or so. So, like um, yeah, that's, that's my, that's my plan for rebooting the, uh, the Grizzlies and the Spurs go all in on vets. Um, yeah. Can the Grizz
1: get a draft pick? Can we at least yeah. give them a draft pick? Yeah. For
0: let's efforts? give them a, let's give them a draft pick. My thought was we'll give them the choice. Oh, you know what? We'll give them Derek White and a draft pick. And okay. uh yeah, that's what no we'll protection. do. No yeah, protection, no that's protection. It's going to be a late first rounder. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Uh you have another trade for me? Something you want to throw at me?
1: Yeah, let's go Blockbuster. Okay. Uh in the same vein as Milwaukee mm-hmm. not being able to attract uh championship level talent. Yeah. Uh I figure the Hornets have to make some epic trades just to give Kemba a little more yes. Um, firepower around him. Yes. So let's send him. Let's send them two NBA
0: champions. No. Yeah. I'm wondering who this could be. (laughs) Two NBA champions going. Okay. Let's send
1: Charlotte, Tristan Thompson, Uh and Kevin Love.
0: Wow. Now we're in business. Now we're in
1: business. Kevin Love just signed a five-year, $120 million uh, deal with the Cavs. Um, But that's a different timeline for them. The Cavaliers need to tank. They need to rebuild their try-on for Zion. Wow. And what better way to do it than by trading Tristan Thompson and Kevin Love, two solid players who still have years left on them. Kevin Love's only 30. Yeah. Tristan Thompson, I believe, is younger than that. Okay. Uh, So we're giving Kemba those two players, and they're sending back... their bad contract of Bismack Biombo, who's yeah. getting paid seventeen million for the next two years. Yeah, Marvin Williams for the next two years is getting paid fourteen million, mm-hmm. and Frank Kaminsky, Frank the Tank. It's time Frank to the say tank. no. More.
0: Yeah, he's,
1: he's at the end of his rookie deal, so he's going to want a bigger contract. Cavs can let him go at the end of the year. They got Marvin Williams, Bismack Biombo. Hollinger says his analysis of this trade nets the Cavs minus. 20
0: wins that's what I want baby I'm going all in on this tank
1: the Cavs who might win 21 games this year are 20 <laughs> games uh <laughs> net negative affected by this trade according to John Hollinger that's right Hollinger uh, predicts this team wins one game next year one in 81
0: <laughs> that's incredible wow what
1: better way to snag a zion level talent than by going one in, in 81, 81. Yeah. Plus, the hornets get their superstar their championship pedigree players that they wouldn't be able to sign suddenly things are happening in charlotte what do you think
0: i love it okay so remind me the who the Cavs are getting it again so it's bismock it's marvin williams anyone else in there frank the tank frank the tank love the tank Um, yeah, I'm all in. Yeah, man, that, that Kevin Love contract is, oof, I have a Kevin Love contract, I have a Kevin Love trade coming up, but I was thinking about him, you know, he's injured and he's just making so much money and I kind of feel like it's, time is of the essence for, for the Cavs to move him because he's just getting older, you know, not, not younger and that contract is just going to get worse and worse. Yeah. You know, the Hornets were like, like I was saying to you, um, I I was thinking about, like, teams to improve and players that I was interested in moving. And there were certainly, like, a couple of teams and a couple of players that kept circling back to. And the Hornets were definitely one of those teams. And they have... I'm not totally sure why, but it's like they're currently... They're currently in seventh place in the East. They've basically been a 500 team. It feels like they've been a 500 team for the last, like five, six years, you know, it always seems like they're hovering around like the sixth seed or the eighth seed. And I just want to see them be really good or like really bad because they've been kind of living in the middle for, for quite some time. So they were a team that I, uh, I kind of found myself constantly trying to improve during this, uh, during this exercise. So yeah. my next trade for you is, uh, is also a Hornets trade. Okay. It's got some familiar names, uh, already mentioned in this podcast. So this is a three-teamer between the Rockets, the Pistons, and the Hornets.
1: Rockets, Pistons, Hornets. Rock- All right, three, three playoff teams.
0: Yeah, Rockets, Pistons, Hornets. So going to the going to the uh, Rockets, headlining the trade. Going to the Rockets will be Blake Griffin. He loves sending Blake away from Detroit. <laughs> going, going to the Hornets. Going to the Hornets will be Andre Drummond, yes. and going to the Pistons will be Bismack Biombo, Clint oh. Clint Capella, mm. Brandon Knight, and Jeremy mm. Lamb. And I'll have you, I'll have you know, AB, that uh, Hollinger tells me that the Detroit Pistons win this trade with a plus three. Um, wow! Yeah, so l-
1: l- let's. I can't imagine the Rockets are happy with getting rid of Clint
0: Capella. I have a theory here. Okay, so for starters, why does Houston do it? For starters, we're gonna reunite two thirds of Lob City in CP3 and Blake. You know those guys oh my are God. You terrible. Know, idea. You know they're best buds. You know they've mm-hmm. been dying to to get, put the band back together. So it's a no brainer. Yeah. No. Yeah. No brainer in that. In it's that a no regard. bueno,
1: not a no brainer.
0: <laughs> More importantly, Harden, James Harden, he needs a running mate. He needs someone to take the weight off his shoulders. Chris Paul is constantly hurt. So this gives him someone to help him with that. Now, Blake is a ball distributor. You know, he's at the, he's at the peak of his athletic prime as is Harden. So they're, they're guys on similar like career arcs in terms of their health and their age and their salary. Um, now, There might not be a more resourceful GM in the NBA than friend of the friend of the friend of the friend of the pod than Daryl Morey, right? Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. If Daryl and Mike D'Antoni have proven anything to us, it's that they can find replacement-level players, especially bigs. So I'm getting in Daryl's head here. I'm, I'm saying... Let's not invest our resources in Clint Capella when we can sign the freaking manimal, Kenneth Fareed, off the scrap heap for a tenth of the price. Amir, guess what Clint Capella's numbers have been this year for the Rockets? What do you think they were? Uh, 13 and 13. So he's he's playing about 34 minutes a night, and he's 17 points, 12 rebounds, and one and a half blocks. Really good. Solid. Per 36? Kenneth Fareed is 17 10 and two and a half
1: yeah but he's not very tall isn't
0: he he's not very tall um, but but I'm just saying we can get but he does have dreads he's got the dreads as you said the other night he's like the uh, he's like the the grandchild of uh, Nene. Um, yep. you know I I, I want to try to move off Capella's big money swap in someone that's maybe 80% the production, 70% the production for like a tenth of the cost. So, uh, And then we get Blake. Now, that's, that's the Houston ang- angle of it. For Detroit, okay, try to imagine that you love the Pistons. With all your heart. Can't do it. Yeah. Just close your eyes. Imagine that you loved the city of Detroit. Jesus. Um, All right. (laughs) Uh,
1: There's a limit to my imagination, but I will do my best.
0: Okay. Now, you're locked in. You love the Pistons. You are locked in with these bloated, bloated veteran salaries. Blake... Is, is signed up for the tune of four, four more years at 141 million dollars. Drummond is north of 80 million bucks for the next three. Reggie Jackson gets 17 million bucks a clip. John Lure, someone named John Lore is eating up Power forward minutes, 10 million bucks for the next two years. Now, what if I told you I could not only, you know, clean up your your books? Clean up your salary cap disaster, but I could also net you a prized, young, defensive-minded center and is locked in on a manageable fair market contract for five years in Clint Capella. I think it's a win. I think it's a win for the Pistons. They move off Blake. They move off Drummond. They get Clint Capella. For Charlotte, for Charlotte, they're getting, their, they're getting their version of Lob City. Kemba gets Drummond. You know, who isn't psyched for that? Who isn't psyched to see Kemba Walker throwing alley-oops to, to, De- uh, to Andre Drummond? And, uh, you know, Drummond's a rebounding monster. He's 25. He gets a clean slate, a fresh start. He gets to catch alley-oops from his UConn, fellow Yukon alum, Kemba Walker. Uh, Drummond, Drummond is basically like a healthier, younger, more team-friendly version of Dwight. And he's a huge upgrade over Willie Hernan Gomez, Biz Mac, and Cody Zeller. What do you think? Yeah, or nay.
1: Of course, nay. nay. It's a big nay for me. Um, I don't think. I think Houston needs a Clint Capella type. I don't know if Kenneth Fareed is that. Yeah. Um, bringing Blake Griffin into James Harden and Chris Paul's you universe. You got to do it.
0: You got to do it right every <laughs> <It's> time. <not.
1: laughs> Awful idea. Yeah. Uh, if anything, Harden wants less talent around him. It seems. Yeah. Uh, let me ask you this about James Harden, please. The stat of like 170 straight points—that is, mm-hmm. he hasn't been assisted on. Incredible. Why is that good?
0: Why is that impressive?
1: That, that's a. I think that's a shameful stat.
0: So it's, it's people are what, saying. What that, is it? That's 170 like, straight points that he has not been assisted on.
1: Yeah, like three games of 55 plus, he hasn't been assisted. It's so amazing. He's no one passes him the ball. Can you believe it? Yeah, I, I can believe it because their entire off. <laughs> Is iso for James Harden and he's either double teamed or triple teamed and he shoots it anywhere or he passes to a teammate and then he checks out. That's not considered good to me. It seems like that's a sh- that's a stat that should sh- shame James Harden but it seems like he gets off to the fact that he doesn't want slash need any help whatsoever. I love it. To the point where teammates don't even give him the ball back. Yeah, uh, I love I'm it. I'm saying like, the, re- <laughs> the reason that Harden is sh- scoring so much is because he's shooting so much. Like, of course. Is what he's doing any more impressive than what, like, a player like Steph would be doing in that same position? Or a player like Kemba. What if Kemba was given the green light to shoot 20 <laughs> step-back threes a game? Could he also make five? Probably. Could he make seven, nine, eleven? Maybe so. Why are we treating Harden like what he's doing is so incredible or uh, exciting when the fact of the matter is he's doing what most scorers could be doing. He's just given a larger green light for it.
0: I think uh I think the reason we're so excited about it is is exactly what you're getting at the shame. There is there's a level of shame that he does not seem to feel, which is very exciting. And also his teammates don't seem to be embarrassed by it either and there's just something so raw and animalistic about it. Um yeah, it's it's fascinating to watch from a fan-duel perspective. I love having him in my lineup. Um, because he's just a ball hog. So you said he has 170 points that have been unassisted?
1: I can't remember the exact stat for the last like four that. games, yeah. where it's close to 200 points okay. unassisted, which so is insane until you watch him play. And he literally <laughs> gets the ball, yeah. walks it up the court, yeah. Dribble, 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 shoot, or dribble, 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 pass, and I'm heading back on defense. So I'm he just
0: he, he just brings the ball up and then takes a shot is what that means, right?
1: Takes a shot or passes to a teammate and then starts jogging backwards because he's done for that play.
0: Amazing, yeah, I'm all in. I'm all in. I mean, it's, in.
1: it is quote unquote fascinating, and it is interesting to watch but I don't know why these stats are given like they're impressive
0: yeah I think it's impressive I think like it, it's the gall it's like it's it's just like so outlandish um, yeah that's probably what's most impressive about it yeah yeah all right you got a, you got a trade for me anything else? oh right trades, yeah. trades of course <laughs> Um, let's not
1: beat around the bush anymore okay here's my Anthony Davis to the Lakers trade holy
0: shit of course it was coming what of course of course <laughs> Tell me who says no. Anthony Davis. The Pelicans. Who has,
1: would you say, a foot out or two and a half feet out?
0: Jesus, relax.
1: To the Los Angeles Lakers, which is his destiny. Oh, God. The Pelicans get back KCP, who's a shooting guard who can defend with an expiring contract. Mm -hmm. A young Lonzo Ball, who, uh, when he's rolling offensively, has a skill set that has no match in the NBA.
0: When's his foot come out of the cast?
1: Oh, that's enough. Brandon Ingram, who plays like Scotty Pippen's being stretched out a little a little longer, a 6-foot-10-inch defender who can pull up and shoot on a very friendly contract. He's due for another year at $5.5 million. And I'm throwing in Josh Hart just as a, a glue guy, camaraderie guy. We're building the Lakers back together. Julius Randle stays there. The Pelicans get four Lakers that I'm sad to see go. And the the Lakers get Anthony Davis, which seems inevitable. Why are we Why are we waiting? Why, what's What's the What's the point of waiting another season or six months? He's heading to L.A. His agent is LeBron's best friend. Like, what do we think is going to happen? He's going to head to Boston or or Houston or Miami. No, he's coming to L.A. The Pelicans are soon going to be realizing that and. Might as well extract the most value for him. And the most value happens when they act fast. His value is only diminishing over the next six months, 12 months, 18 months. And eventually it'll be down to zero when he's a free agent and he walks for nothing.
0: When's he a free agent? Um, In two years? He's, he has one, one more year under contract after this?
1: He's got the rest of this year, next year, and then a player option, which he has so far made no indication that he wants to exercise.
0: Yeah, I would imagine he's not going to opt into his contract. Even if he wants to stay with New Orleans, he'll have enough of a bargaining position to just renegotiate a better deal for himself, even if he wanted to stay in New Orleans. So for all intents and purposes, he has the rest of this season and then next year locked into a contract. Correct. Okay. So run it back for me. Ingram, uh, Ball... KCP, and, and anything else?
1: Josh Hart and a draft pick.
0: Josh Hart and a draft pick. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Huh. I'll say I'm honestly, I would, I, I would have to give that a long, hard thought. I'm not sure how much else New Orleans is going to get from anyone else. That works. Especially, that plugs especially into when the trade Davis... machine and that works. Uh,
1: that gives the Lakers plus eight, and for whatever reason, they say uh, Hollinger's analysis is that it affects the <laughs> the New Orleans Pelicans by minus ten wins, which oh, okay. I don't uh, no necessarily kidding agree with. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I mean, do you
0: know what the Pelicans are now? What their what their record is? You mean? Yeah, um, I would guess that they're probably hovering around. I would guess that they're two games under five hundred.
1: They're five games under 500. Okay. So don't tell me that they're now going to be 12 and 37. That's Phoenix Suns level bad, John Hollinger. I resent the accusation.
0: You know what? Fuck it. Yeah, I'll do it. Let's trade Anthony Davis to the Los Angeles Lakers for, for Alonzo, Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart, KCP, and a first round draft pick. Right? You're
1: happy with it? I'm. Sad to see the Lakers go, but that's what—that's the cost of getting a superstar. You're supposed to draft well and tank for three years, group up your assets, and ship them for a player that you don't necessarily have who's currently in his prime. And it's just good for the NBA to see Anthony Davis in a big market with LeBron James. Let's get some people watching the Lakers again. God,
0: Yeah, I mean, that would be, I mean, Laker Nation would be like beside themselves with that, huh?
1: I mean, it's going to happen either now, it's going to happen in the offseason, or it's going to happen next trade deadline, or it's going to happen when he's a free agent. Those are the four options. And the Pelicans have to realize that their return is going to be lower and lower the more they wait
0: I'm going to queue one up for you here uh, this is a player we've talked about already it's between the Cavs and the Blazers I'm sending Kevin Love to the Blazers Kevin Love with five years and $144 million he's going to the Blazers the Cavs will be getting um, Evan Turner for two years 36 uh Farouk who's an expiring contract and uh, and a first round draft pick what do we think?
1: Uh, I love that. If I'm the Blazers,
0: mm-hmm. I'm
1: upgrading Alpha Aminu to Kevin Love. Yeah. Uh, when you said Kevin Love, I thought it was just going to be a Kevin Love for CJ, uh, straight up superstar for superstar, heading, sending them back to their hometown, which is kind of a fun trade.
0: That would be fun.
1: If Portland can pull that off, they would in a heartbeat. They're Evan Turner and Alperu Aminu are.
0: Okay. Um, Yeah, I get it.
1: Some of the worst starting forwards in the NBA.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I get it. No one is excited about acquiring Evan Turner. He's on the back end of his contract. He's not a a good player. player.
1: Late fifties. Yes. (laughs) time travel to
0: now but here's my thinking the Cavs are tanking right and this expedites that process kevin love only helps you win not lose games they need to tank and they need to tank harder and they need to tank better they get massive salary cap relief going forward by shedding kevin love kevin love has signed up for five years at a max salary newsflash the Cavs aren't going to be very good for at least another four or five years. Allocating $28 million for an aging Kevin Love on your team in 2023 isn't going to feel too wise unless you're certain that it's the you know icing on the cake of a championship level team. So I want to move him now, not later. Um, How do
1: the Blazers afford that? Like, they're already giving Dame, CJ, and Nurk like 18 million a year to 25 million a year. How do they then add another 25 million a year player in Kevin Love?
0: So Al Farouk is making big money, but it's the last year of his deal. And uh, Evan Turner... So Al Farouk makes almost $7 million this year, and Evan Turner makes 17 million bucks a year. So their combined salaries are something like 25 mil... And that is what Kevin Love will be making this year. So I think going forward, they're going to be they're going to be crushed in terms of the luxury tax. Um, So they will, they will obviously the blazers will have to move pieces in order to keep it like manageable going forward. But it is technically feasible as unlikely as it may be. It is technically feasible. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I want to see Kevin Love go back, you know, to, to the Pacific Northwest. He grew up, I think in Oregon, I know he was born in Santa Monica, but I think he grew up in Oregon. Um, he, he, Kevin Love, he's on the same timeline as, as Lillard and McCollum. He's versatile. He spreads the floor, but he can also play down low. So he's, you know, he's a small ball, he's a small ball five when you want to pull Nurkic off the floor. And then he also plays the four in the more traditional big lineups, Lillard and McCollum, they're 28, 29 years old. So time is of the essence for these guys. If you want to maximize their athletic prime, their peak, get them some help. Um, that's my thinking in terms of acquiring Kevin Love. I, I don't. I think it's a no-brainer, as unlikely as it may be. And for the Cavs, they shed some salary, and uh, they tank harder. You have uh, one more trade for me? Anything you want to share? All
1: right, let me give you one last one. Okay. This one's not a superstar, but I wanted to figure out a way to make a three-team deal that John Hollinger thinks is good for everybody. <laughs> this is as close as I got. Okay. We got the Nets, we got the Thunder, and we got Orlando.
0: The Nets? The Thunder and yep. Orlando. The Nets, yep. the Thunder, and Orlando. Okay, I'm listening. All
1: right. The Thunder give up Roberson, who is slowly, you're realizing, isn't entirely necessary. They got one of the best defenses in the
0: NBA, yep. Yep.
1: and uh, he's not playing. Okay. So let's ship him to a team with Alex Sabrinas, who needs a little more veteran leadership and a little more of a defensive presence in the Brooklyn Nets. Okay. The Thunder, for their efforts, are getting Terrence Ross and Jonathan Simmons, two guys that can get buckets off the bench from Orlando. Okay. Orlando gets a shooting guard because right now they have a lot of um, front court players, uh, and they don't have a guy who just come out there and shoot the ball in Alan Crabb, who's on a got one year left on his $18.5 million deal. Orlando also... Save some cap space going forward because this is an expiring contract. Wow. So Orlando gets Alan Crabb, the Thunder get Terrence Ross and Jonathan Simmons, and the Brooklyn Nets get Roberson and Alex Abrines, a guy who can shoot and a guy who can defend.
0: Interesting. So you said uh, Crab expires at the end of the year.
1: Yeah, he's got one. Year, he's got this year left.
0: Yeah, uh, Hollinger
1: says it helps Orlando, it helps the Thunder, and I have not affected the winning percentage of the Nets, but. Quite frankly, I disagree with him in that analysis. So I'll take an overall plus five on a three-teamer.
0: I like it. Hey, can we talk about the uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder for a sec? They are currently the third team in the West. They're four games back of the Warriors. Um you know, we were we, we talked uh daily fantasy before. Paul George is a guy that I know we've both played a few a few times in the last week. They're a Love surprisingly the team. fun team, man. Yeah, they are. I wouldn't even say surprisingly. I mean they got a great crowd. Westbrook is
1: really entertaining to watch, whether he's making or missing shots. Yeah, Paul George is playing out of his mind. Stephen Adams playing great.
0: I don't think uh, I realized Paul. I, I think I forgot that Paul George was this good. I think, I think you know, he had that devastating leg injury a few years ago when uh, he was playing for Team USA, and I forget that before that injury, when he was playing for those young pacer teams, they were really the greatest like threat to LeBron's Miami Heat teams. Yeah, and um, he has just been. He's been fantastic, like almost MVP level good.
1: Yep, he's a starting all-star, top Um, five player over Anthony Davis.
0: So you're adding Terrence Ross and Jonathan Simmons to an already potent defensive Oklahoma City squad.
1: Yeah, and I'm giving them a little more shooting off the bench. Little They're punch, relying a little, little bit, little, little
0: offensive on. punch.
1: Terrence Ferguson, Abdel Nader. These guys are Schroeder. These guys are playing well, but I feel like Terrence Ross can give them that instant offense that'll help them even more.
0: I like it. All right, I'm going to give you one last trade, then I'll let you go. This is okay. a this is a whopper here. This is a bit of a doozy. It's a four teamer. Um, oh, Jesus, I can't. I just can't help myself. I keep coming back to some of these names. So this is a trade between the Pistons. The Mavericks, the Suns, and the Sacramento Kings.
1: So. Okay, Detroit, go, Dallas, Phoenix, Sacramento.
0: That's right. Going to the Power Pistons. Powerhouse. <clears throat> going to the Detroit Pistons, I have Harrison Barnes, Zach Randolph's expiring contract, and Iman Shumpert's expiring contract. Going to the Dallas Mavericks, I have Blake Griffin. I have Jamal Crawford. <laughs>
1: Stop trading Blake Griffin.
0: I have Jamal Crawford, and I have Elia Kobo.
1: Going trades could include other players. They don't all have to be Blake Griffin.
0: I may, it's a Blake Griffin podcast. Going to the going to the Suns, I have Dennis Smith Jr. And going to the Kings, I have Andre Drummond. Um, okay, here here here's here's what we're thinking here. What does Hollinger think about that? Hollinger says, Hollinger says it's a plus four for the Mavericks. It's a plus two for the Suns. It's a plus five for the Kings. And it's a minus five for the Pistons, who, by the way, are should be trying to minus. They should be trying to tank. So in my okay. book, Hollinger, it's, it's a win for everybody, baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Pistons clear the books, right? They clear the books. They get rid of Griffin and Drummond. Um, they clear the books. They're looking to rebuild. So they wipe the slate clean of uh, of Drummond and Griffin. They get uh, Shumpert and Zebo uh, their ca- their salary cap relief, their expiring contracts. Harrison Barnes is 26 years old. He has one more. He has this season, and then next year he's on the hook for $25 million, and then that's it. So that's that's the Pistons angle. For the Mavericks, um, again, Lob City reunited. We get Blake and DeAndre catching lobs from Luka. Uh, as we've already discussed, Luca needs a talent upgrade. Blake is a playmaker. He's he's hitting a high clip from three. He spaces the floor. He rebounds. Unlike, you know, black holes, Harrison Barnes and Dennis Smith, Blake moves the ball. He's a willing passer. He's a capable passer. Um, yes, you're inheriting a massive salary with Blake Griffin, but... Think of this maybe as the precursor to another free agency addition for Dallas in the offseason, or maybe he's the free agent that you wouldn't be able to sign anyway. So that's my thinking for the Mavericks. For the Suns, it's a no brainer. Low risk, high reward. The Suns get Dennis Smith Jr., they get a point guard of the future to play along Devin Booker. And if it isn't a good match, you cut bait in a year, right? Dennis Smith Jr., he doesn't make much money. And he should be incentivized to make it work. He should be on his best behavior. So you got you got to imagine that um, he's gonna he's gonna give it a good faith effort. And for the for the for the Kings, look, Vlade Divac, you know, uh, uh, Willie Cauley Stein is gone after this season. And how good is he really? You know, like he's fine. He's a fine NBA center. I don't know that he's an elite NBA center. But De'Aaron Fox, he needs an elite level lob man. And that's what Andre Drummond is. He's 25. He's a rebounding machine. He gets a fresh start. And uh, if you aren't, you know, this way you, you get, you get Drummond, you aren't forced into overpaying for Willie Cauley Stein and free agency this summer. I think it's a win-win for everybody. Um, and and Hollinger thinks so too. That's it. That's the, that's the trade pod. Amir, is there anything, uh, anything you want to plug? Where can people find you online should we give a shout out to your your fan league yeah
1: shout out to the nba boys uh our private fan duel league you that's can't right. join them unless you know us personally but that's if right. you do um <laughs> ask us for an entry we'd love to have you sure I mean, i'm sure a lot of our friends listen to this show right
0: that's right your nba podcast is called buckets you have another podcast called if i were you um where can people find you on on twitter you're at uh, jake and amir right
1: yeah jake and amir are you playing Fanduel tonight
0: um yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I think so. I think I might Love. duel. Yeah. Good yeah.
1: slate. Love to have you on the duel.
0: Amir. thanks for hopping on the pod. We will touch base with you uh closer to the playoffs. Yes, sir. All right, take care.
1: Thanks for having me back.
0: All right, that was the conversation with Amir Blumenfeld. My name is Chris Wendelkin. This is On The Line. You can tweet at me at On The Line underscore pod. Email me any of your questions at On The Pod at gmail.com. Check out the website onthelinepodcast.com. Rate, review, subscribe to the show on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get podcasts. Have a great week. Enjoy the NBA trade deadline chatter as it rapidly approaches. And I will talk to you guys next week.